welcome to Restored for Life with Pastor Ben Harris, the senior pastor of Restored Community Church, where God's perfect word restores imperfect people. Here's today's message from Pastor Ben. I love this time of year. Christmas is an opportunity to focus our lives and remind ourselves of the greatest gift ever given to mankind. This week on Restored for Life, we're interrupting our current series called Jesus is Enough due to the upcoming celebration of our Lord's birth. Today, we'll be taking a look at these interesting men, perhaps in a way you've never looked at them before. Most of us grew up, like myself, being taught that the shepherds in the Bible story were a bunch of no good, down and out losers of their day. That may have described some of them, but after deeper study of both God's Word as well as Jewish history, I think you may look at them differently after today's message. I want to try and answer three questions from our story. Who were these shepherds? What was the sign? And why is it important to us today? Well, good morning. Welcome back to our three-week mini-series. This is week two that we're in. Um, calling it the the people of Christmas. And we're taking a look at some of the key figures who played significant roles in the birth of Christ, our Savior. And today we're going to take a brief look at the role of the shepherds. Now, nine months have come and gone since the angel Gabriel had announced to Mary that she would bring Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, into the world. Perhaps weeks before their due date, the couple learns that they must travel to Bethlehem to register for Caesar's census in Joseph's birthplace, the city of David. Prophecy foretold that Messiah would come out of the lineage of David, and certainly Joseph met all the requirements for that. Let's read our passage today, beginning in Luke 2, verse 4. Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth and Judea into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What a scene. I bet they just stood there in utter silence for a few minutes, unable to speak at what just happened. 
And then I think they couldn't run fast enough into Bethlehem. I think this Christmas season, we should do exactly what the shepherds did that night. What did they do? Well, number one, we should stay focused on the message. We should focus on the message. That's exactly what they did. Verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds and one another said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Now, every Christmas season, we are blasted with things that surround this holy birth and the celebration of it. It takes purposed focus on our behalf to keep Jesus as the main thing. Would you agree with that? You know what I mean? First, there are all the Christmas parties that we're invited to. Then there's the latest new gadgets and toys we need to find for our loved ones. After that, we have so many side activities like looking at Christmas lights and uh, ice skating, perhaps, tree shopping, and more, that by the end of the Christmas vacation, we need a vacation from Christmas. Listen, this year, Debbie and I talked this over. Let's just keep this simple. We're going to try to keep our activities to the things that point us back to the Savior, born in a manger, born that he might die for your sin and for mine, that we might be reconciled back to the Father. So keep the main thing the main thing. Don't get sidetracked by the peripheral things that so oftentimes pull our thoughts away for the reason of the season. Number one, we should focus on the message. Here's number two. We should make God's priorities our priorities. It's exactly what the shepherds did. Verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Notice the shepherds didn't just turn back to the fire and start talking about the latest model of shepherd's staff available on (laughs) Amazon.com. No, they were ready to go and obey. They obeyed the word of God as spoken through the shepherd immediately. There's an old saying that says, delayed obedience is disobedience. But they obeyed immediately. And because they did, They were provided one of the greatest Christmas presents ever given to a human being, I think. Front row tickets to the birth of the Savior. Wow. I'm reminded of a story I heard about in an African-American preacher who understood how we're to always remain focused on what God wants and to remain flexible and ready to follow him wherever he leads Whatever the plan is for that day is good enough for me. He prayed at the beginning of every morning worship service this sentence. He said, Lord, let something happen today that isn't in the bulletin. Isn't that good? No? (laughs) Okay. I thought it was good. I don't think being visited by the angels was on the shepherd's list of things to do that day, but uh, they understood that God's priorities are the number one priorities that need to be followed, and and they were glad they did. 
Notice what they got to experience that night because they obeyed. They experienced, letter A, they experienced fulfillment of prophecies that were a thousand years old. They got to see them with their own eyes. Luke 2.11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Because they obeyed, they got to go put eyes on the Messiah. Christ means Messiah. Isaiah 9.2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And then Micah 5.2, but you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. That reminds us that Jesus, while being born on 2,000 years ago as a child, as a little baby, he was born a man. He's always been God. He's from eternal uh, eternity's past, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Letter B, they also got to experience great joy that night. Verse 10, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. They got to share the good news and the great joy with Mary and Joseph, as well as with the people they ran and told right afterwards. As we read on in this chapter, um, we find out that the angels are to go and tell what they saw. This Christmas, let's respond as the shepherds did that night. Number one, we should focus on the message like they did. We should make God's priorities our priorities. And here's number three. We should recognize Jesus as our Savior. Verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. They saw exactly what had been described to them. So now I have three questions for you from this passage that we're going to try and answer. Let's look back in verse 12 and reread it. And this will be a sign to you. Why did the angel say that? Why didn't the angel say this will be a sign to everyone in the whole world? No, he said this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Three questions. Who were these shepherds? What was the sign? And why was it important? Here's what I believe to be the answers to all of our questions this morning. The shepherds were not the dumb, good-for-nothing losers we've always been told. I grew up being told that the shepherds, well, they were the people that couldn't do anything else. You know, they were the people in life that, that they were just so simple, they just handed them a staff and said, see those sheep? Just watch them. They were sheep watchers. That's not true. If you go back into the, the history of, of uh, Israel antiquities and the, the historic documents they have, there's a lot more information on them. These shepherds were from Bethlehem, many of them. And not just Bethlehem, but from the area of Migdal Adair. Many of us are familiar with Micah 5.2, which prophesied that the Messiah would be, would be born in Bethlehem. But are you familiar with Micah 4.8? Let me read it to you. 
And you, O tower of the flock, that statement there is, is important. Tower of the flock. Migdal Adair means, in Hebrew would be written, uh, tower of the flock. And you, Migdal Adair, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, you, shall, you too shall it come. To you shall it come. Even the former dominion shall come. The kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. This verse prophesies that Messiah would be announced at the tower of the flock. Do you know how you say tower of the flock in Hebrew? Migdala der. It means tower of the flock. Migdala der was a tower that had been built in a pasture outside of Bethlehem. The remains of the tower were discovered several years ago. There it is right there. That was covered in what's called a tell, uh, which is a pile of dirt that they, would, um, that, that they put over old cities and towns, and sometimes they would build on them. But they, they saw this sticking up, just the top of that sticking up, and as they began to dig down, this is what they unearthed. And eventually they went around and picked up all the stones, all the blocks that were also covered, and put it back together. The shepherds in the field were not only the lowly shepherds that uh, we've always been told about, but some of them were actually priest shepherds. They're called priest shepherds from the temple in Jerusalem who were doing shepherding work to assist in the birthing of the sacrificial lambs being bred for Passover. See, these sacrificial lambs were so important, you just couldn't leave, it, leave them to anyone. So that there were priest shepherds that would go to Migdaladere, and that's where the, uh, the lineage of the sheep, the, the perfect lambs, were bred. And if you had enough money, or you were a king or, or you know, a governor, uh, you could purchase one of these for Passover and have the perfect Passover lamb prepared for you. Migdaladere is just five miles outside of Jerusalem. While the shepherds were keeping watch over the flock, the shepherd priests would bring the pregnant sheep in from the field to the tower's bottom floor where the sheep would, uh, would give birth. As soon as the lamb was born, the priest would wrap it in strips of cloth torn from old priestly garments to keep the lamb from getting injured or blemished before being led to Jerusalem. The priests would place the lamb into their first floor manger to make sure it would not get trampled. Now, in that picture, that first floor was a manger, is where they kept the special lambs that were on their way to be sacrificed. And then up above there is where the, the shepherds' quarters were. So when these shepherd priests went into Bethlehem and saw the baby Jesus wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger where they would place the lambs, it must have hit them like a two-ton camel at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> Can you imagine that? This is what they did for a living. This was their calling. Did they exclaim that the baby is prepared for sacrifice just like, I mean, did you see the light coming on in their head? The lamb. We've, been, we've read about this. The Savior that would suffer, that, that would, a spear would go into his side that, that would be pierced. Oh, my word. 
This is what we're looking at. He's the Lamb of God, born that he might die to take away the sin of the world. You see, those shepherds and pre-shepherds were the only ones on the whole planet that could have understood the sign that they were looking at. God's stamp, bam, go look for this sign. Check this out. They knew exactly what they were looking at when they entered the stable. Did they stop breathing for a minute and just stare with their mouths open? Were their hearts broken when they play this out? The sheep has to die. Wow. The Messiah had come just as the prophets had promised all along. Not how we thought he would, but as the prophets said, we just didn't see it. The answer to those three questions uh, that I'd like to ask you, who were these shepherds? Well, they were men raised from birth to recognize the sacrificial lambs that would be worthy to die for the sins of Israel. What was the sign? Well, we know that it was a child would be wrapped in claws as a sacrificial lamb would be and lying in a manger on his way to die. Why is that important? Well, 2,000 years ago, God sent the final sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ, to remove the sin of the world for those who accept the free gift that was purchased on a cross by this little child. For unto us a child is born, unto us a Savior is given, a Son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let's pray. Father, truly a son was given. Your son was given to us. And we do call him this morning Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We have because you gave. And you gave because you first loved us. Scripture tells us while we were yet sinners, the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, our God laid down his life for us so that we could live. How can we ever thank you for this? What gift could we bring to you, the owner of it all? The sacrifice could be made. But what sacrifice? Nothing does anything more than scratch the surface of so great a gift, so great a love, so great a mercy, so great a grace. So we will give you our praise. We will give you the glory. We proclaim your matchless worth, your matchless holiness, your matchless love. 
We humbly bow at your feet. With gratitude and joy, we offer you our time, our talent, and our treasure to grow your kingdom, to use however, whenever, and for as long as life endures, both here and in heaven. Father, we give it all to you this morning. We declare this in the matchless name of our Savior, your Son, the final lamb, the final sacrifice, Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed learning something new about these managers turned to messengers. Who were these shepherds? Well, they were people prepared for an important assignment. What was their assignment? To go and see and then go and tell. The shepherds were the first people that announced the Savior's arrival. What was the sign? A child wrapped in claws as a sacrificial lamb, lying in a manger, born that he might die. He is the Savior. And lastly, why is it important? Because we all need a Savior and Jesus is the only one who saves. We are all born sinners and sin brings us to the punishment of death. So God sent his one and only son down from heaven on the greatest rescue mission mankind will ever know. He took our punishment and gave us forgiveness in exchange. And because he paid our debt, anyone who believes in him and receives his gift of life will become a child of God. It's that simple. Believe plus receive equals become. I don't know where this message is finding you right now. You might be driving in your car or at home or even a hospital bed, and you're going through something difficult. Remember this, God loves you and has a plan for your life if you'll surrender it to him. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your past is, all the regrets you might have. Listen, God's grace goes beyond all of that. And he'll give you the restoration you're looking for. I also want to invite you to spend an hour with us as we celebrate our Christmas Eve candlelight service this year at Restored Community Church. We'll sing some of our favorite music, enjoy a song from our kids' choir, and finish the evening off with our friend Urio Vega and his sultry saxophone. Nothing says Christmas like a smooth jazz carol from this amazing artist. The evening begins at 4 p.m. and ends around 5 p.m., so you'll have plenty of time to enjoy your family festivities afterward. Restored is on Floating Feather Road, just a quarter mile east of Park Boulevard in Eagle, Idaho. Be sure and arrive early. Doors open at 3.30 p.m. For more information, we invite you to go to our website, restoredcommunitychurch.org. May the Lord bless you and yours, and may he keep you close during this special season. Merry Christmas from myself and everyone at Restored Community Church. Join Pastor Ben next time as we set out on a journey to discover the authentic life as Christ followers through obedience to his word.